0: Hello, and welcome to Speak Your Truth and Look Good Doing It podcast. My name is Camila, or as you've seen me online, Maria Camila. I'm a brand strategist, photographer, and videographer. This work is about amplifying the visibility of conscious leaders and brands who are wanting to leave this world better than they found it this podcast is about letting ourselves be seen both physically and spiritually and highlighting the nuances we experience as we are growing both personally and professionally. Thank you for being here and let's go ahead and dive in. Okay hello and welcome to another episode and today's topic is going to be about ketamine therapy and how it helped me in my business and how it's truly been the one thing um, out of all the mental health options out there that I personally have tried that has significantly improved my life and changed my thinking on a nervous system level. And the reason why I chose to share this experience on the podcast is because entrepreneurship is a very emotional thing. It's something that it requires you to regulate your nervous system a lot of the time and to check your thinking a lot of the time. It's like if you were not a self-help person before entrepreneurship, you now are <laughs> as soon as you become an entrepreneur. It is you have to truly stretch your mind to different dimensions. And yeah, it's it's one of those things that I really I really wanted to enter entrepreneurship or in yeah, I really wanted to enter entrepreneurship with a good mindset and not bypass and not not run away from really scary things or really stressful situations that can arise from having your own business. And I say this because in the past, whenever things got really difficult with business, I just felt crushed by depression and anxiety and I felt like it was the end of me. And it would devastate me to the fullest. So I've always known that I'm meant to be an entrepreneur. I'm all I've always known that I'm meant to have my own brand, my own thing. Like that's always something that I've believed in. But I have had to <laughs> fight some demons on the way here to feel more comfortable with myself. And I saw this somewhere, it was Leila Hormozy, where she says uh, she posted it's actually on uh, it was like a screenshot of something saying if you're a first time founder Don't stress about having to be exactly where you're at because you're probably not one or two skills away from Reaching your goals. You're probably like seven or ten skills away from reaching your goals and that's exactly where I've been in entrepreneurship. There's so many little micro goals and small little wins that I have had to embrace in order to reach my goals. And this experience forms part of it. And also why I'm including this experience on the podcast is because when it comes to letting yourself be seen, letting yourself be seen is not just physically letting yourself be seen like on camera in a literal way. It's also sharing your opinions, sharing your thoughts, and not just sharing them online, but sharing them with people you admire. It's you declaring that you get to take up space and not be a people pleaser anymore. And there are layers to this concept of letting yourself be seen. And... To those of you that do human design, I am a mental projector (laughs) and to me being seen and being recognized just makes me so happy. It is like just if you know projectors, I know human design readers out there that listen to this will understand that being recognized and being seen for who I really am on an like in a nuanced way, like when someone gives me a specific compliment about me, it just means the world to me. (laughs) So that probably correlates why I'm in this line of work of amplifying visibility for my clients and for myself and providing tools and assistance and support as we are all uncovering and letting ourselves be seen in different ways. So, yeah. Now, when it comes to psychedelics, I have done psychedelics before. I have um, like recreationally and it's, but even then recreationally, I, when you don't have an intention of healing, personally, I never had crazy healing experiences because the intention was not there. And this is the first time that, I really treated every single ketamine session with the most sacredness possible. So the company that I went with is called Mindbloom. And Mindbloom is where you can do ketamine sessions at home. So they give you uh, doses that can last you six weeks. And you can take, they don't want you to take more than two weeks in between each doses. And obviously the dosage is relative. It just differs based on person to person. And when you first start out with them, you have a call with a nurse practitioner, I believe. I don't know if that's the formal term, but it's a a very smart person uh, in the medical field that checks in on you, makes sure that you are in a good place in order to go through this process. So... Yeah, and I, and I know there's different ketamine clinics around the area. Um, I know there's like sprays, and I know there's um, intravenous uh, ketamine clinics where you go and have a session at a place. Um, but with Mind Bloom, it is at the comfort of your own home. And the reason why this was so significant for me was because I'll go over. I'm not gonna go through each. Um, each session with you because I had a total of six sessions but I'm gonna go over the one session that truly had me in tears I was it really shifted the needle for me and it it rearranged a lot of perspectives in my life so okay so I had my very first session with ketamine and the doses wasn't super strong um, it really wasn't anything life-changing. Same with the second doses, nothing life-changing. Um, but uh, but when it comes to mind bloom days, the way they tell you to prep is make sure that you don't eat three hours prior to your session. Stop drinking water one hour prior to your session and really treat that day with the utmost uh, reverence. And so, On mind bloom days, I would have someone go watch my dogs. I made sure I had a meal ready for me um, after I was done with the session. I cleaned my house in my room. Like I really prepared that entire day to be a mind bloom day. So I could really, really allow myself to relax and to be able to drop into the experience. So this was me going into my third experience and I had very low expectations. I hadn't had anything revolutionary or nothing like that in the earlier experiences and I was still I was still like I don't really know this substance so I don't just don't really know what to expect so anyways I go I'm getting ready and I'm about to drop into my third experience and they give you uh, an eye mask and then they I put on my noise canceling headphones and I dimmed the lights, I really set the mood to be calm, and then you administer the medicine, you let it sit under your tongue for seven minutes or so, and then you're also listening to, I don't know if I'm saying this right, binaural beats, um just like this music that really allows you to go into that theta state and to be able to relax and drop into the moment. So, I'm in my bedroom and lights are dim and I'm and I really enjoy that moment where you are dropping in because the way Mind Bloom has it set up, it's very experiential where there's like a motivational a message that someone is speaking as you are dropping into the experience, and there's this beautiful music that is going on as you're dropping into the experience. And when that moment starts happening, it's really, 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 really special. And I also take that moment to really take a few breaths and really drop into the moment. And then once the seven minutes comes in, then there's a little chime. And then that's when you have to uh, spit out the medicine and, and then you go into the journey. You don't want to swallow the medicine. They tell you it's just to spit it out. So I'm in my journey. I'm super relaxed. I'm laying down and this, and then the chime goes off at seven minutes And then I spit out the medicine and then I drop in. And then as soon as there's a chime, the person that's giving the motivational message stops talking and then it's just full binaural beats. And what I love too is that this isn't music that I recognize at all. So I'm able to have a very unique experience uh, with this new music and these new beats. And... Anyway, so then I drop in and then I'm right into the experience. And the way that I can describe this is it's not like you leave your body like other substances. Like when I think of drinking alcohol, you kind of just get happier and you leave your body in a way like you're not very conscious. And it's not like MDMA where it makes you super happy. And it's not like... LSD where you are I feel like I'm coming out to you guys by telling you the substances I've tried but at the same time whatever this is my podcast (laughs) and and it's not like LSD where things are really amplified and the room is moving and everything's like a cartoon it's nothing like that it's just the way that I can describe it is you close your eyes and you are just able to see your thoughts in a different way. And the way that I can describe it is I start, it's like I drop in, I close my eyes and I feel like I'm like in outer space. And as I'm in outer space, I'm looking at stars everywhere. And then as I'm looking at stars everywhere, I'm seeing memories of just people in my life, things in my life, things that I haven't healed yet. So I'm thinking of experiences and people that I had fallouts with and I was like okay I get it like hi whatever Uh, I already know that like for instance if I still had like that person that I had a fallout with yeah I'm still working through that got it and that ex that I had that fallout with too yeah I'm still working through that got it and it's kind of like I'm just scanning through the memories in my life and just really taking the seat of the observer looking at just like whatever I've gone through in my life, just a bunch of memories. And when it comes to this experience, I didn't really judge it. And I think the reason why I was able to have a very profound experience was because I really trust my thought process. So, a lot of people like get do have done mind bloom, but I think I don't know. Maybe the way their mind is designed is to look at life at face value and not be very imaginative. I imagine. Uh, Because ketamine, like the substance itself or the doses that they give you is not super intense. Like I said, where you leave your body, it just really amplifies uh, your thoughts where you are really able to get deep. And it's like a very profound meditation, like an amplified meditation. And I guess with me, I'm very comfortable exploring thoughts in my mind and trusting what my subconscious is showing me. So I... I really believe that if you go through this experience and you just allow yourself to follow the thought trails that your subconscious is showing you, I highly recommend trusting that and trusting yourself. And so, like I said, I'm under the experience. I feel like I'm in outer space and I'm just have all these memories that keep coming up in people and it's all pretty random it's not like I'm able to see one particular experience it's all just kind of random like blips of memories and people that I um, have had experiences with or even people that I appreciate in my life and I'm just like it's kind of like the movie of my life and I'm just observing it and then all of a sudden this is like mid uh mid experience because you're under for about 45 minutes to an hour. So I would say this is me about 20 minutes in or maybe 15 minutes, but I would say it's like the middle of the experience. And all of a sudden I I get this memory of my parents and I was like, what the heck? And I was thinking of my mom and dad. And then I started thinking like the experience was showing me like me getting into the mentality of my mom and dad when they first moved to the U S and we, my parents moved to the U S when in 2001, I was eight years old. My sister was 10 and my little brother was four years old and my parents were in their early thirties. And so they're still super young. And I remember I'm getting into the minds of my mom and dad and it's in the minds of them when they're about to move to the U.S. And it's almost like I saw them as they were in transition to leaving Colombia and coming to the U.S. And it was interesting because it was such a remembrance of the mentality of where my parents are at, were at at the time. And the what I remember is feeling a closeness with my parents of... Oh my God, I remember them. And I remember being a little girl and I remember thinking that my parents were super cool when I was really young. And the reason why this is relevant to me saying this right now is because now my relationship with my parents is very different. I see them with different eyes and I'll go into that in a moment. But when I, it was almost like during the experience, I was able to remember that when I was a little girl, my parents were able to create this environment where they just created like, like Colombia is a place that can be violent, can also be beautiful, can also be all sorts of things or the world in general. I shouldn't say that, but my parents really were able to create like the most, like a very magical world for us as kids, even though the world's not perfect, but I really think that my parents created like a very safe bubble for us. And as a kid, I really trusted my parents a lot. And I always thought like, oh, my God, they're so cool. And I I had so much trust for my parents. And anyway, this is like me. And I'm just in the minds of my parents when they're like in their early 30s and they have three kids and they are moving to the USA (laughs) to this brand new country where they don't speak the language and. But anyways, it's like them preparing all of their things and moving to the U.S., whatever. And then I got this memory where I was like, oh, my God, I remember when we first moved to the U.S. and what an upgrade that was. I remember my dad would tell me like, oh, we're going to move to the U.S. Like it's just we've outgrown Colombia and it's just time to expand. It's time to grow. And that's why we're moving. And that's literally all my dad told me. He's like, we're not going to come back here until years, years later. But our family's leveling up. Like we are, we have outgrown it. We figured it out. And there's just a better life over there. So that's why we're going to, that's where we're going to go. And I know everybody's immigrant story is very different. But when it came to my parents, we were fortunate enough where my parents were able to save enough chunk of money where we were comfortable when we first got to the U.S. And we were able to... We are on people that were able to help us out and have us set up when we first got here, but my dad I will say he really we are very fortunate that we didn't struggle that much when we first got to the US. But the point that I'm telling you is that I'm an immigrant, we're all immigrants cuz we moved here and the rhetoric that has been fed to me as an immigrant is that life is a struggle. Things are hard. You're at the bottom. And also I have studied a lot of social justice academics and also just try to be aware of like what's uh, common in today's world when it comes to social justice. And sometimes a lot like I internalize a story about being an immigrant that people need to pity me and... And it created a story also that like, how do I say this? Like me being my authentic self wasn't good enough. Like I need to be American in order to get by in this world. And being an immigrant is not a powerful thing. It's like something that like you come from the struggle, you come from the bottom. And, and that's a story that I truly like internalized subconsciously for years like for years, like after I graduated high school and I went on to college and I started learning so much about feminism and social justice, which has been incredible life changing work. There is a downside where he created a story about myself that where I came from isn't powerful, that immigrants struggle and we are a minority and we are oppressed. And it created a story about myself that I was less than. So Understanding where I've been for the last like what ten years. I started college at nineteen, so a little over ten years. I've had this perception of myself, and as I'm under the ketamine experience, and I'm just thinking of my parents and in their mentality of when they first moved to to the U.S. and how my dad's saying we are up leveling. Like we outgrew Colombia, we figured it out, we lived our best lives. Now we're just moving somewhere else that's better. And it just, it just brought me to tears as I was going through the experience because I remembered that I was like, oh my God, like for the last 10 years, I have internalized this story where I need to pity my parents and feel bad for them or like internalize this story of struggle all the time. And then I realized that my parents don't identify as people who struggle I mean yes, being an immigrant is I mean compared to people that have been here for generations and they've been able to build wealth for years and years and years and they're very fortunate to be born in this country whatever. But the it's something to be said about the identity that you give yourself regardless of your upbringing. And that moment was so significant because I just re, I just realized and remembered and it's like my mind and my body remembered that we leveled up just how anybody feels like if like anybody that has accomplished anything whether you have moved out of state somewhere else whether you have built a business or whether you have moved out of your hometown to either another country like whatever it is whatever thing that anyone has done that they define as leveled up that's why my parents did so they identify as people that they leveled up. They're one of the ones that made it through. And I also, as I'm under the ketamine experience, I got a memory of when I became a U.S. citizen. And I became a, I was the last fam, one of my family members to become a U.S. citizen. And my parents, um, I remember that when you become a U.S. citizen, there's a ceremony that you go through and... Uh, they give you like your certificate that you're now a U.S. citizen. And I remember my parents, uh, they were not excited for me for any other graduation that I've ever had. Uh, for, but for becoming a U.S. citizen, I remember my parents were so happy for me. It was so significant to them that after 20 something years of them moving their family to a new country, that their daughter is now a U.S. citizen and that they freaking did it. They freaking made it and how significant that was. And I want to share this story because this isn't a story that's talked about very much, at least, I mean, to immigrants know a story like this and understand just how difficult and treacherous and how long it is to become a U.S. citizen. But to other people, I don't think a lot of people truly understand what you have to go through as an immigrant in order to make this happen and what an accomplishment that is. And... I remember my parents were just that day that I became a naturalized citizen. They were just so happy and so happy and even right now I'm still remembering that face of my dad that my dad and I have had such a, a up and down relationship, but at least that day he was just so happy and excited for me. And and it, I just like like I said, I started having these thoughts And this new definition and this new meaning to this experience of being an immigrant as like we are one of the we're made it like we are the ones that have made it like there are so many people that a sometimes don't have the means to leave their country and move somewhere else or there are some people that do move to the US and unfortunately their immigration status doesn't follow through and they have had to either go back to Colombia and figure things out. Or there are some family members that had to go to Canada and settle there because things didn't work out in the U.S. And we're one of the fortunate ones that, yeah, it has been, it has taken a lot of time, but we are ones that made it. And my parents made that happen. And all throughout, even being in the U.S., we, like my dad always made sure that we were not, Um, extremely vulnerable even though it's been really challenging but I just got to reframe the story about who I was as I'm a champion and we're one of the ones that made it and my parents are also one of the ones that made it and it was really hard for me to own that story for so long because the media and TikTok and social media had convinced me that being an immigrant is just like so hard and it's just struggling all the time and it just it just it was like overconsumption of the struggle where we forgot that you're a champion when you come from the outside that's your power and as I'm in the ketamine experience I'm just like sobbing the whole ways because I felt like I had such a deep bond with my parents and with my roots and where I come from, where I was able to realize like me speaking a different language makes me more self-aware. Me coming from the outside makes me more self-aware. Me understanding how this country treats the people that are not from here makes me more self-aware. Like being an outsider is a superpower because that's how I'm able to see a system of how things work. And it's not to say that there hasn't been struggles or that it hasn't been difficulties, but let me tell you, even people that have wealth and houses and properties and generational wealth or whatever, you can't escape the pain of the human experience. And even people that have it all still experience the same type of pain in certain ways that I do. As a person, and it's not to say that I am like the poorest of the poorest, um, but I am building from the ground up. I don't even like saying that word poor because I don't identify with that. Um, but my point here is that I have had to build a lot of things from the ground up, and because I've had to build from the ground up and be an outsider, it, may, it created a story about myself unknowingly. And that story was able to be revealed to me through the ketamine experience. And I was able to then reprogram it with a new meaning and a new definition and allow that to integrate because a lot of times people talk about mindset work and you can tell yourself a whole bunch of different things all the time. Like when people talk about affirmations, but if you're not integrating those beliefs on a On a subconscious level, on a body level, like if your body hasn't moved on and integrated that new story, then you're you're not there yet. And I will say the ketamine experience allowed me to realize that I've always been power, powerful, but my powerful is not the same as my privileged, blonde, white. Friend. Like my power is not like, like the way she yields power is not the same way that I yield power. And I hope that makes sense in the way I explain it, meaning that my power is in my, my nuance, in the way that I speak, in the way that I see the world and in the fact that I'm bilingual. And it's not to say that I'm better than anyone. It's just that I'm able to channel confidence from a very genuine and authentic place of where the freak I come from. And channel that confidence and that power even from my lineage and my family members and my ancestors. And that's really powerful. And the reason why I'm sharing this whole story with you is because in entrepreneurship or letting yourself be seen or even being a leader... You really need to be at home in your body. In order to be a good leader, in order to be able to hold space for others, you really need to feel very comfy and grounded in who you are and love and accept all of the things about yourself. And for so long, I felt like it was so hard to achieve feeling comfortable in my body. It felt so hard to achieve being being myself, because I grew up in Utah, and I had a bunch of white friends, and I didn't really see myself represented very much and being around all these people who don't have the same experience as I did created a story about myself about who I was, and no wonder that that's going to hold me back when it comes to building community or sharing my story when I feel like I'm too much of an outsider where I'm not, I don't have a support system of people that have been through what I've been through. And ever since that moment, it truly has been life changing. It truly revealed to me how much I was people pleasing in different areas of my life. And it revealed to me just how I was making myself small in certain friendships, in certain relationships, how I was making myself small in my business out of fear of being rejected. And you can never be rejected by the people that love you for you being your authentic self, assuming you're coming from a wholehearted place. And... Yeah, it truly, it's it's even kind of a little bit challenging to even recite the story right now because I feel like I'm such an integrated person now compared to who I was even prior to that experience. And even when I think of the way that I'm making friends now, the way that I'm building community now, it feels like it's coming from such an authentic place. And then what I mean by that, to be more specific, is that in the past... I would be friend. I was being friends with people who would say racist comments or misogynist comments, or, or I was dating people who I had to explain that racism was a thing, that xenophobia was a thing, that Colombia is located here on the map, and that Colombia is this type of way. And when you constantly have to do that around certain people, that creates too much otherness, and it's labor to constantly explain who you are to people that aren't taking interest out of their own genuine, mm, their own genuine hearts. And who I am now that I'm integrated, it is a non-negotiable for me for, to be around people that have awareness of people from different cultures and they have awareness or at least they, they practice the awareness of their biases. And a thought that I had as well was, The self-help world is so heavy in telling you that you need to be mindful of who you keep company and you shouldn't be around negative people or people that bring you down and whatever. And something that the self-help world doesn't tell you is that it's very difficult being around people who are unaware of their privilege. It's really difficult to be around People who have lived in the same neighborhood and are, have never, (laughs) haven't traveled very much and are just not aware of how their biases and their ignorance can hurt others. And they have the privilege to be able to get away with it because they haven't gone through experiences when they're, they're on the receiving end of xenophobia, for instance. So anyways, that is the episode for today. I don't want to go deeper than this, but my message to you right now is it is incredibly important to be able to heal on a nervous system level. And that's what ketamine therapy was able to do for me. And this was only my third session, which was very heart opening. And I wouldn't say it wasn't. It wasn't some crazy experience, but it was just enough to swing the needle to show me where it is that I was. I was I wasn't in my power and I was making myself small that ever since I have now just shifted my gaze towards what is healthy for me and for me to be able to channel and leverage power from my Own lineage that that in itself has allowed me to be more at home in my body and myself and it has also demonstrated in my content and in the confidence that I have in letting myself be seen. The more you're able to integrate and the more you're able to Heal and love those parts about yourself, or even there. The more you're able to uncover the ugly stories you're telling yourself about yourself, and then reprogram that on a nervous system level about yourself, that's how you become a better leader. That's how you become a better lover, a better partner, a better friend, a better space holder. So, anyways, I'm just gonna leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening to this. And if I have another Academy stories, I did have another one, but um, I would say this is the most relevant to this episode. Thank you for listening. If you have done any kind of plant medicine that has impacted you in a very significant way and you want to share, feel free to hit me up on the DMS and we can talk about it. Other than that, Uh, Thank you for being here and I will catch you on the next episode. Talk soon.